with some offensive creativity. Is wide receiver you still an option in Stillwater, Oklahoma? And if there was a money line on the money down, you and I'd be making money right now. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl-related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you very much for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. You know we're available on every single podcasting platform, visually as well on YouTube. You can find me personally on Twitter at AllDayOState. Appreciate you stopping through to make this your first listen. You could be anywhere you choose to be here. Oklahoma State last season had a lot of deficiencies that we found throughout the course of the season. One of the biggest glaring deficiencies that we had was fourth down stops. Oklahoma State gave up 54% on fourth downs. So anytime the other team was marching down the field, they knew that fourth down was a weapon that they could be able to utilize. Furthermore, it hurts even worse realizing that almost 70% of that 54% was in plus territory, which means putting the end to a drive before the ball even gets close enough to the end zone was not something that we were obviously very great at. So last year, teams offensively could game plan on the fact that you can use four downs in Oklahoma State and likely get away with it. Why that happened, who knows? Why we were unable to stop it, uh, again, who knows? But we talked about Arizona State likely, or at least potentially giving us some different things to adapt to live because they're a man-to-man team. They have been for a while now. And uh, they did a good job starting the game off in zone. Then they rotated to different kinds of zone looks. They did mix in a decent amount of man-to-man, of course. And then uh, they were very deceptive in the way that they did their switching from cover two to man to cover one. They used some stand-up concepts on third downs. They mixed up their fronts a decent amount. They threw in some stunts. They threw in some twists. They hit us with some delayed blitzes. They thought that they had ways to control the outcome of the game. And kudos to them because they clearly did their homework. One of the things that they were able to do, and you look at the same thing last week with Central Arkansas, everybody thinks that you have four downs against the Cowboys. But right now, this season, teams are one for five. One for five. Now, this is an area that obviously they thought they would be able to exploit because they did notice a glaring deficiency. And again, kudos to them for making it part of their game plan. Also, kudos for them for changing up their defensive looks. I mean, yeah, we talked about it, it would potentially be coming, but you never know until you're out there. And when you prepare for a man team, obviously it's going to throw your quarterbacks off a little bit. When you have a quarterback with as much seniority and time, at least in the film room and understanding of the game of football as Alan Bowman, you would think that some of this stuff would be a little bit easier to recognize, especially early on in the game. But they thought they could exploit something, and they couldn't. And this is regardless of whether we had three down linemen, four down linemen, that look of going to that even front, clearly that's where Colin Oliver wants to live. He looked significantly better going from the base package defense where he looked 
fairly confused, fairly flat-footed, to this week seeing a little bit more. And whenever the offense is in, like, you know, a completely obvious passing down, that's where Colin Oliver shines. That's where he thrives. And we saw it again in this game. Now, I don't expect this coming game to be significantly different in both of those those categories. But you have to ask the question, is there a little bit more than we're, we're getting from the defense? Well, if you listen to some of the guys, the answer is, is crazy. It's a resounding yes. Like, we're only seeing the bare minimum of what teams need to see defensively. And we're still getting it done. This is the same concept as rotating the three quarterbacks and it puts you in a pretty good position. If you can get through the Iowa State game, rotating all of these dudes, we have a bye week going into K-State, which means K-State has nothing to prepare for, and they have no idea what we're doing in our week off. So we have extra time to send them stuff that they haven't seen before, and they have no time to adapt to what we may throw out, right? Then they're, they're shooting in the dark. K-State is a good enough team that their guys can do the extra film study and stuff like that in their dorms and at their homes because there's only a certain amount of time legally that you're allowed to be in the football facilities doing football-related stuff. There's a large portion of stuff that you're going to have to do on your own. And let's face it, guys, we're talking about mostly kids, kids that are trying to learn to develop into young men. We make mistakes in college, y'all. We do dumb stuff, all of us, to some degree. So it's just walking the tightrope of of understanding what you have and what it could potentially possibly be. And when you see some of these guys talk about it, they are excited. They feel like they're dogs on a leash, that they're still very, very leashed right now, that there will come a day, there will come a game where that leash comes off and they're allowed to just rip and roar at it. And then we're talking defensively. Offensively, right? We don't know yet. We don't know yet. But before we we jump into some of the offensive stuff, real quick, I thought it would be pretty fair. I know we're only two games in. But we'll, we'll do this every couple games, and we'll check in. What would you say the defensive MVPs are right now? Well, obviously, Kendall Daniels is leading the team in tackles. Nick Martin is right behind him in tackles. And then we have several players on the defensive line that have a sack, a couple, a couple guys with two sacks. So there are obviously some, some candidates here. And when Kendall Daniels is leading the team in tackles, I think that you would obviously go to him being the logical choice here. But I'm going to say, in the famous words of Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. If I were to lean one way or the other, um, guys, I, I, I think it'd be going in a different direction. I think somebody else that needs to be on this list is Colin Clay. We expected a lot out of Justin Kirkland, and we're getting a decent amount of Justin Kirkland. I don't think anybody expected from the outside, at least, Colin Clay to show up the way that he has. Like, he showed up like a man possessed. Obviously, that's a good thing. Obviously, that puts us in a really good position moving forward. But I'm not going to take the cheap route, okay? Everybody knows I love my main man, Lyric Rawls. And he's third on the team in tackles, followed by Colin Oliver. I'm going to get a little cutesy-tootsie here, all right? I'm going to go with Nicholas Martin, only because Nick Martin is doing more than most anybody thought coming into the season. You saw flashes of stuff last year, athleticism, and his, his ability to just dominate at the line of scrimmage. But 
you didn't know how it was going to correlate because you saw a lot of Lamont Bishop and him in the in the red zone style of packaging. It's been a breath of fresh air. It's been a pleasant surprise. I think Justin Wright is still a beast. Justin Wright is still a dude, a dude that we're going to need. But if I'm if I'm going just players, Nick Martin's got to be my MVP right now. But the reason I said I'm getting a little cutesy tootsy is I'm going to give the MVP right now to Brian Nardo. This is a very vanilla base look that we're getting. And you want to see improvements each week. We've seen that. Yeah, I know. It's only two weeks in. But last year, last year, it seemed like we were banging our head against the wall half the time when it came to this exact thing, right? This exact thing was a problem last year. And so if, if we're able to get around things game by game, that means that's a W. So I'm going to give the MVP realistically to Brian Nardo, but if you got to give it to a player, to me it's going to be Nick Martin. Nick Martin always seems to, you know, show up. Sometimes he over-pursues, but you'd rather have your engine operating too smoothly than not quite smoothly enough. Speaking of engines, we're going to talk about the fun offensive creativity, but real quick, is your engine having any problems? Is your car having any problems? Because we all know you can't really accomplish stuff if you don't have the ability to get there, or at least the faith in your ability to get there. eBay Motors sorts all that out for you. Whenever you're trying to get back in the game and you've got a park or a repair that needs to be done, go to eBay Motors, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, if you don't go to eBay Motors, then you're realistically doing yourself a little bit of a disservice because you got to find the right part at the right time. you got to make sure that it fits right. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, you're, you're pretty covered there. Don't be burning rubber. Don't be burning cash whenever you can do this thing the right way. Okay, from superchargers to exhaust kits, whatever it is, eBay Motors is going to likely have you covered with over 122 million parts. They're going to keep your ride rocking and rolling and alive. With all the parts that you need, with all the prices that you want, it's easy to bring home the W. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors. eBay's guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items apply. Exclusions apply. You, you get the deal. Go right now. Get yourself hooked up with eBay Motors. They've got you covered. All right, y'all. So when it comes to the offensive efficiency stuff, now we've been talking for the last couple of days about some of the innovation that you're seeing offensively out of some teams, uh, like your Utahs, right? Your KU. I'm so in love with what KU is able to do offensively. Oregon does a lot of fun stuff. Texas actually does a lot of different manipulations that they're able to exploit, which is partially why Quinn Ewers was able to throw up 367 yards on Alabama. It's not the same Alabama, but it's the same Alabama defense, right? So you got to give credit where credit's due. But you can add some like layers of, of eye candy, as we like to call it, to create different mismatches on the field, especially on the backside. On the backside, it's going to be based on numerical superiority and optical illusions to some degree as well. Last year, this was one of our biggest kryptonites, along with fourth down. It was infuriating to watch teams do this stuff to us weekly, right? The backside action and us never adopt it or even adapt. I mean, we, we, how could we have not thrown some of that into our own offense? And here's how it, it's tangible for all of us Oklahoma State fans right here, right now. So the game ceiling touchdown from Garrett Rangel to Bryn Presley. 
was called based off of a play, a play call that was earlier in the game in the first quarter. And they defended it, not terrible, but we were able to catch one of their linebackers dragging in the flats way too slow. And it allowed Elijah to get the ball out of the backfield and turn it up for a pretty big game. And we kind of went back to the well for that on the last pass that sealed the game. And obviously, we're hoping that they're going to leave that linebacker in the same area again to cover the flat the same way. But this time, with pre-snap motion, right? That eye candy, the, the sexy stuff that gets the defense's brains clicking a little bit extra. All you want is somebody's a couple steps behind. Pre-snap motion sometimes can do that because if you don't have a lot of veterans in the back end, they're not going to be able to check it off and cross it off to their, their guys correctly. But the pre-snap motion here got their linebackers and, and defensive backs all crossed up. And when both of them followed Blaine Green and the free safety was way too far inside, Garrett Rangel saw that. He saw that as soon as the DB broke with the linebacker, he knew immediately that they weren't going to have anyone backside. So good job on Casey Dunn, even though we've been railing on him a little bit lately, justifiably. But it was a good job on recognition of the play that worked in the first quarter and a great job by Rangel to see the mistake that the defense have made and the ability to capitalize on it immediately. And that's just a, a little tidbit, guys. I'm going to give you a little bit of a sneak preak. I told you. I didn't think I was going to do quarterback evaluation stuff, but I was wrong. I'm just a film junkie, y'all, and I've been I've been doing some uh, <laughs> doing some deep diving, and it's led me to, okay, I am going to do this because, you know, Gunny has said that there's virtually no separation yet, and technically, as we've covered the last couple of days, all three have combined for like an 89% rating. Okay. Which, which you clearly indicates there's not a lot of separation. But after watching the Arizona State game back again, I disagree. I think it's a two-man race right now with a big old third wheel. Now, that third wheel is still a seven-win third wheel, but we, we've, we've got a third wheel attached to this thing, and we're going to break it down uh, either tomorrow or Friday. But after watching even a nine-minute highlight, I agreed, right? It was too even to, to make too big of a jump. But I'm telling you, the deep dive dug up a very meaningful delineation. I cannot wait for it. But, okay, that's I'm, I'm putting the cart before the horse. When it comes to the offensive creativity, the question is, are we going to see more of it? And although I would like to say yes, my heart tells me probably not, which is okay. We don't need a, a crazy, sexy, high-flying offense. Not what we need. It's not what we've been working on. It's not what our offensive line would prefer. The only reason you're not seeing a more direct path offensively is because of the quarterback competition. You take the quarterback competition out of the equation, the offense is tremendously different. But that's the situation that we're in. So I don't know that the, if the creativity is going to get a lot bigger, but I do still have a lot of expectations for the offense because you can be pretty simplistic. right? You can be in 22 personnel on a regular basis. You can have a, a diamond formation. You can have a heavy jumbo set and still operate all over the field accordingly. And we've already shown, maybe not great, but we do have the ability 
to move the ball down the field offensively. So again, I don't know that we're going to get to a point that we're seeing an overabundance of offensive creativity or innovation like you see out of some of your organs and your Utahs and your KUs. But you can still be very simplistic and give enough pre-snap motions and different styles of formations to make the, the defense stay on their, their heels. Because if the defense knows what's coming, obviously it's easy to prepare for. We saw it last year. When teams realized halfway through the season that we didn't know how to establish a run game, nor did we have the ability to have a running game, offensively, they took advantage of it. I mean, you started seeing everybody play an iteration of the 3-3-5, dropping eight men in the box, or eight men deep. Having a light box, we still couldn't run on people. So that's why I, I already gave the MVP thus far to Brian Nardo. It's about making adjustments. And Brian Nardo clearly saw some things last year that needed to be corrected, and they've already been corrected very early on. So when Gundy says we're further along right now that at any point all year last year, that's that's not coach speak, right? There's some things that, yeah, obviously he says that adds some fluff to the conversation, but sometimes he's dead on. And that was one of them. That was one of those times that he was absolutely dead on. So, again, will the offensive creativity come along far enough that we can still have, you know, like wide receiver U conversations? Because it is true. Guys, whether you go back to Dez or Justin Blackman or even this this year, right now, Marcel Aitman, he's still in the NFL. Dylan Stoner's making a go of it. Chris Lacey's still on a practice squad. James Washington's still going to have some abilities. Tyron Wallace is making a name for himself right now. Tay Martin is still on the roster with the San Francisco 49ers. Is it as big and crazy as maybe... Ohio State? Nah. It doesn't need to be either. This is Casey Dunn's wheelhouse. Maybe not the offensive play calling, but the wide receivers and the recruiting and the development of wide receivers is still his wheelhouse. So will he be able to get that, that wide receiver U level of production that we're accustomed to with a better offensive game plan? With a more simplistic approach? With a more running game-based approach? Oh. I mean, that's a good question. Another good question that you might have is, well, Cody, why do you not seem quite as, as chipper today? That's partially because I had a, had a fun little surgery last night. And it's because you know, I, I put myself in a bad spot, and I don't always, you know, look very far in advance. And it puts me in a bad spot. Guys, Jace Medical is designed to help you not put yourself in a bad spot. See, as dudes, a lot of guys, old school guys, right, we're, we're taught that you don't really need to go to the hospital unless you have a, a limb darn near about to fall off. Well, I can tell you from experience, ladies and gentlemen, meet Bob. Okay, this is Bob. He's my buddy. Bob is my prosthetic. And the reason that I have to utilize Bob is because um, I have a proclivity to self-diagnose, as, as most dudes do. And so for like two years, I was self-treating like sciatic nerve pain. Come to find out, that wasn't the issue at all. But I didn't catch it in time. I literally went to the hospital, and um, yeah, 
it ended up with me not having a leg anymore. And last night, right, another little issue on the other leg. If I would have stayed ahead of all this stuff, maybe I'd know a little bit more. So don't get caught unprepared. Don't pull a Cody, right? We should all be empowered to be able to care for ourselves and our loved ones, especially during unexpected times. Jace Medical is going to handle everything from the online evaluation, licensed pharmacy medication, delivery, and ongoing consultation and care from there. Again, right now, like I'm, I can tell you from a medical standpoint, even just from a med, a, a meds standpoint, the country is crazy right now. It's hard to get stuff. It's not easy peasy. And with, with storms or shortages or pandemics or the reliance on the crap fest that's China and supply chain issues, we need to be prepared. You need to be prepared now more than ever. Chase Medical is simple. Go online, fill out a form, then go get a prescription. Life-saving medications basically right to your door. The Jace case gives you peace of mind. And if you're not, you know, just hoping and praying to have access to medications in an emergency, Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medications in hand. So save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics that Jace Medical Plus will get you squared away with. Plus additional $20 off by using my code Locked On at checkout. So go to jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Use the promo code locked on to get your $20 off to get started. Okay. Get ahead of it. Don't don't pull a don't pull a Cody. Even though I can still probably beat you in a foot race on my one leg. It's unnecessary. All right, y'all. So now, yeah, let's kind of expand upon this. Coming into the season, I think everybody, including me, expected the, the final emergence of Jaden Bray. Jaden Bray is in that mold of the, the Des Bryants and the Justin Blackmans and the Tylen Wallace and James Washington. He's in that mold. But we haven't seen a whole lot of him. We have seen him, but thus far has the offensive MVP not been to John Stribling. You can make a case for Ollie Gordon. Absolutely. But guys, Dijon Stribling has made some pretty acrobatic catches. Brennan Presley maybe doesn't get enough credit in this department. We expect Brennan Presley to be the guy who bails out the quarterbacks because we've been seeing it all summer, all fall, and then you know two games in. Nothing has changed for Brennan Presley. But Dijon Stribling was kind of an unknown. If you go back and look at the Dijon Stribling film from when he was at Washington State, it's like, okay, well, he's good, but is he Oklahoma State good? He is proving that he's Oklahoma State good. And all the reports are the way that he handles practice is significantly different than everybody else. You know, you, you've heard of guys that visualize and attack. Some people have to go through the visualization, visualization process before they can implement something on the field. John Stribling is one of those guys, right? Shaq has made jokes about how he would watch Kobe fake dribble and, and fake pump and, and fake fadeaway with no ball for hours. But then he would see him live with the ball in the game, and he would do the exact same things he just spent hours and hours doing on air. That's what Dijon Stribling brings to the wide receiver room. His approach to the game is different. His approach to not only the routes, but what he's going to do after he gets out of the routes, 
What's his plan of attack? He has a plan of attack once he catches the ball. On certain routes, he's going to get outside the numbers. In certain coverages, he's going to stay inside the numbers. He views the game of football a little bit different, and you're seeing it on the field. It's one of these scenarios that, goodness gracious, why couldn't we have this guy for years? Now, Leon Johnson is another one of those guys. Leon Johnson is so good that once he finally gets the full body by glass and he has the Megatron-level hand strength that he's shooting for, ladies and gentlemen, you're talking about top three-round pick? So will wide receiver you still be able to carry some weight this season? I think so. Because of my MVP thus far offensively, Dijon Stribling. We're still waiting on this, this offensive game plan, running attack, to kind of break out. We haven't seen it yet. And I don't know that we'll see it this week because South Alabama does have a, a, a decent defense when it comes to the running game. Now, they struggle covering the pass. So, again, there's going to be exploitable areas in this game as well. But we're just now getting a glimpse of what Dijon Stribling can do nationally. Is this going to be infectious? Is this something that your Jaden Brays and your Rashad Owens and your and your and your Talon Shetrons of the world are going to be able to embrace? Leon Johnson already gets it. Leon Johnson's already physically gifted. He already has the high point capabilities. He just you know if we beef him up a little bit, give him a little more hand strength. Like guys, this is a Marcel Aitman guy all day every day. The same Marcel Aitman that is still getting an NFL paycheck right now. So, yeah, I think it's there. Yes, I think that the opportunities are going to be a little bit lessened once we get fully immersed into the, the offense, but they're still going to be there. We're going to need some guys that can you know take the ball 80 yards off of a three-yard slant. We've been missing that a little bit. Dijon Stribling brings some of that. And he can high point. So, is he Tyron Johnson fast? No, but he's a just he's a James Washington style of, of wide receiver. And we're starting to see more and more of that as each game goes on. And I can't wait to see what it looks like when everything is a little bit more simplistic around him as well. All righty, y'all. I think that's all we're going to have for this one right here. Get fired up. Get pumped up. Share it. Comment. Like it. You know, but that, that stuff. Uh, but but make sure you get it out because the quarterback breakdown that we're doing either tomorrow or Friday, it's 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 gonna surprise some people. It'll definitely do that. I promise you that one. Alrighty, y'all. That's all we got here. You know I love you. As always, God bless. Go pokes, and thank you very much for tuning in to make this your first listen. Uh, I am very blessed and happy that you guys are here. You could be anywhere. You choose to be here. We're going to have to up our numbers a little bit. Or, I'm not sorry, not our numbers. Our numbers are doing good. I'm going to have to up my expectations. So the goal is to have 2,000 subscribers by December. That was a rookie number. I'm sorry for pumping out a rookie number. We're going to shatter that. So maybe we'll shoot for like 2,500 by December. Maybe that should be uh, definitely the new goal. All right, y'all. Anybody who? Later, taters.